0: Sometimes the news is just so stressful, you may not even know how to cope with it. Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. I'm your host, Anna lindberg and today I'm going to walk you through some of my favorite self-care tips and strategies that I encourage people to use when they're feeling overwhelmed and stressed by the daily triggering news cycle that we are all experiencing these days. And before you settle in to listen to this podcast, I do want you to know that we are using a self-care framework. So if you're listening to this podcast because you are thinking of stressful triggers in your social media feed or perhaps you yourself have gone through difficult life experiences, I want you to know that we're going to talk about self-care today. So you should feel welcome to settle in and know that if you've listened to me before or read my writing on Medium, you know that I'm not a huge fan of trigger warnings as um, the only self-care strategy when you're thinking about stressful events because we know that just that word is even a very stressful word for a lot of people. And you might have read things online, articles, TV shows that either said trigger warning in the beginning or TW is shorthand for that. And maybe you've even had the experience of just feeling triggered by by that alone, whether or not that piece of media was actually talking about an experience that you've had. So today we're going to talk about self-care strategies that you can use when you do feel triggered. There is something showing up in your media feed or your thoughts or memories. And today we're looking at how can you take care of yourself? In spite of those difficult realities. So you don't have to take notes. You can just think about these suggestions and know that if you ever want to come back to a self-care checklist, you can always look at therapyforreallife.com. You'll see all of these ideas listed there. But let's dive in. Number one, have a self-care plan. For one, unexpected trauma reminders hit you. So You know, as you listen to today's episode, perhaps think about a few strategies that might work for you, or even better, think about strategies that have worked for you in the past when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed. If there is some kind of um, family remedy or cultural wisdom or personal practice that you have developed over time to help you cope, pay attention to that. And in fact, it can be helpful to even write down some of these ideas on your phone or on a sticky note to help you remember that you have all of these ways to take care of yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed. Knowing what self-care strategies work for you ahead of time is going to help you know how to use these strategies in a moment of stress. So that might mean, if it's a self-care strategy that you've never tried before, like today I'll give you some examples and walk you through some exercises, you might want to try them now so that you know how to use them when you're stressed. Self-care is sometimes difficult to do in in the middle of a crisis. It's kind of like learning how to knit when the house is on fire. It's going to be really hard to know the ins and outs of that. So go ahead and try different self-care strategies on a daily basis, actually as a preventative approach to stress, and then having a self-care plan with you for when unexpected news alerts, trauma reminders pop up. Um, unexpectedly. Number two, if you are feeling triggered, if you're feeling anxious, upset, or or depressed about the news, one basic self-care skill that you can do is simply look around the space where you are and ask yourself, "Am I safe right now?" Under stress, what's going to happen in the body is your body's fight-or-flight response is going to get triggered. This is part of the body's natural physiology that's designed to keep you safe in a moment of danger. So even though you might be reading terrible news on the internet or getting an email alert or hearing something that happened to someone in your neighborhood your body is going to interpret that as if there was a bear in the room. So this basic question, am I safe right now, is the same question that I have taught survivors of all kinds of horrific events to ask themselves after the fact. Because we know with stressful experiences, you can re-experience those horrific happenings after the fact. And what can help interrupt that cycle, if you start to feel panicky or overwhelmed, is to even ask yourself the question out loud to give your brain a chance to hear the answer. So if you are not safe, you should call 911 or your lawyer or your mom or whoever is going to help you get to safety and do what it takes. If you live in an unsafe neighborhood or an unsafe situation, You might be looking for five-minute respite periods of quiet and safety between stressful situations. If you are safe, if the answer is, yes, I'm safe right now, even if I don't know when the next thing is going to happen, but I am physically okay, give yourself permission to practice number three. Use grounding techniques to regulate strong emotions under stress. So grounding exercises, put simply, help you connect with your body and the five senses right now. They are a form of mindfulness and grounding exercises probably, you know, if you've watched Jessica Jones on Netflix or perhaps some other cultural depictions of PTSD, you maybe you've seen people practice grounding techniques before by Uh, naming uh, the names of the streets in the neighborhood they grew up in or taking deep breaths. Basically, grounding is just a way of connecting with your present experience and tapping into the senses of that experience to help you ground your attention in what's going on in the moment. And that often has the natural effect of helping the body regulate and cool down. So on, on therapyforreallife.com, you'll see a list of grounding exercises that you can practice in a moment. And even in the podcast, you'll see a whole list of suggestions there. But let's just go ahead and try one now. If you were to practice grounding the attention just with one of the five senses, let's go ahead and try it with sound. I'm here in my office recording this podcast, and I may even hear different sounds than you will hear in the next 30 seconds. But go ahead and take just a few moments and ground your attention in the sounds around you. And know that if you feel distracted by thoughts or memories or stressful sensations, practice grounding your attention over and over again by gently listening. To the sounds around you. Go ahead and anchor your attention by taking one gentle deep breath, breathing in, breathing out, giving yourself permission to take out those earphones and listen to the sounds around you. Bring your attention back to the sounds anytime your attention wanders or you feel distracted by boredom or any other difficult sensations. Anchor your attention back in the sounds, practicing that self-care skill of grounding your attention where you want to have it. Notice the sensations in your body that linger after having practiced just a few moments of grounded attention, in this case in the sounds around you. Just notice what that feels like to have given yourself that time to do that. You might notice all different kinds of sensations, and part of mindfulness is just observing what comes, but sometimes people notice when they let go of focusing on stressors that do feel overwhelming and anchoring their attention in something calming, some people notice a restorative quality. So I work in my counseling practice with activists and change makers and people who are trying to make the world a better place. That requires a lot of endurance and leadership and respite. So even when you are in some of those crazy-making situations when you don't know when things are gonna be okay, you might need little quiet moments of peace and safety to help you. Number four, right along those lines, is seek out a feeling of safety. So, with self care and feeling triggered by difficult news or traumatic events, traumatic reminders, you are going to need to have spaces in your life where you feel completely safe. If you're lucky, you have this with your family of origin or with a partner or in a spiritual community or a neighborhood. Hopefully this comes very easily to you. If not, you may have to seek it out. This could come in the form of therapy. It could come in the form of peer support groups. It could come in the form of online communities. It could be one person that supports you unconditionally and just roots for you. And you know what that feeling of safety feels like. It's a feeling of authenticity and wholeness and permission giving and safety. And it is important as part of a good and healthy self-care routine to have spaces like that built into your life. Even if other spaces feel like you're swimming upstream and you're resisting and you're trying to make things better and you're advocating... For each of these self-care skills, there's going to be a little bit of a yin and a yang to that, a push and a pull. So you will need spaces where you have that feeling of safety. Number five, control how you confront trauma reminders by being proactive about it. So if you're bothered by the news today, if you are reminded by difficult experiences, you know, hashtag MeToo has been really powerful in a lot of ways. And a lot of folks are feeling triggered. So your gut instinct, whether it's a news story or other trauma reminders might be to just avoid it completely. We talked about yin and yang before that feeling of safety. Part of this give and take is you also need to be proactive about it. So what research shows us about talking about traumatic incidences is that your feelings of distress do tend to go down if you're able to talk about that traumatic experience in a safe environment. So I encourage each and every person to think about how and when is the best time to talk about that history and perhaps build some skills in a safe environment, get feedback. And perhaps that's therapy, perhaps that's reading a book, um, getting yourself informed, but it is an approach skill. It's being proactive. Part of self-care is actually looking at the thing that's very painful. And the part that might be a little bit comforting about that is you taking control of the when and how to do that. Number six. Go ahead and confront trauma reminders or difficult news stories or political activism. Go ahead and and participate in that slowly and gently. So you don't need to force yourself to look at triggering content online. Um, You know, we've on a daily basis hear reminders of shootings and abuses that happen. You depending on your values, may need to find a way to participate with the news and stay informed that also reduces your intake of harmful material. It is okay to protect yourself in that way. So give yourself something pleasant to focus on if you need to, just like those grounding skills that we practiced before. Number seven, know that whether it's trauma reminders or stress or difficult news cycles, know that all those painful experiences come in waves. And yes, they will pass. Whether it's a panic attack or feeling depressed or really painful realities, who's in office, what legislation is at stake, we have the capacity to change some of those realities and that takes time, but know that those experiences do come in waves. And again, mindfulness can teach us a whole lot about self-care here because mindfulness teaches us how to observe painful realities and also let them go without clinging to them more than we have to to accept reality as it is. That idea might even sound nice to you, but it also might sound bizarre, like how would anyone actually be able to do that? And remember that we're not giving up on change completely forever, like creating better policies and voting the person into office that you wanna be in charge of things. But that counterbalance self-care skill is being able to observe reality as it is, without adding to the stress and the suffering. So one of the ways that I like to practice that in a very real way comes from dialectical behavior therapy, and it's called willing hands, and I'm going to guide you through it right now. What you can do is just find a comfortable posture wherever you are. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes or... Um, you know, stop what you're doing. You should be safe on the road. But if you are in a space where you can um, even close your eyes, or if you pause the podcast, you want to do this for an extended period of time, you can. Or you can just sit and listen on the on the show with me for about a minute. I invite you to open your hands in a wide open, gentle posture. DVT calls this "willing hands," and I what, what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that you have just a gentle current flowing through your fingertips. And in that current, some of those things that might wash through are feelings, like emotions, or even physical sensations. Some of the things that might flow through that current are thoughts, or opinions, or memories, or to-dos, or some of that triggering content might still come into your mind. Conversations that upset you, reminders. And what I invite you to do for just 30 seconds, we're really getting practiced at doing self-care in just teeny tiny little moments. want you to imagine that current is flowing through your fingertips, just like a little river of air. And each time a little thought, sensation, urge, memory pops into your mind. I want you to imagine that it's just flowing on a little current, floating through your fingertips. And your task is just to observe those realities without clinging to them. Don't, don't. Grasp the current of thought. Just observe it as it comes. Gently bringing your attention back, wiggling your fingers, stretching your neck, opening your eyes. Remembering that you can come back to any one of these practices whenever you want to. They can happen in very small moments. Next on our list of self-care skills after a triggering event, be open to finding personal strengths and meaning even during trauma or stress. This is a really hard one, especially when you think about some of the painful experiences and realities and traumas that people have lived through around the world. You might be thinking of events that are going on in in your local news cycle, and just know that you're not alone. There are a lot of really difficult things going on around the world. I've had a chance to see a lot of this up close and personal in my work in federal detention and with survivors of torture and survivors of rape and sexual assault and the daily traumas that people experience. Um, This is something that anyone can relate to. And what the research shows us, and this is definitely a venture in my experience of Meeting survivors of really difficult experiences, that the ones who survive and go on to live incredible lives of connection are the ones who are able to tap into some kind of personal strength and make meaning, even in a difficult situation. And I I know this is true. I've had a personal, um, you know, learning experience in my family. We had someone who got sick with cancer, and that was not the plan. And um, I don't think anyone would have picked for that person to go through that experience. And it was what what in psychology we call an out-of-order life event. Everyone all of a sudden had to deal with that unexpected stress. And yet, and yet, Even though that was a really traumatic event for everyone, it gave us an opportunity to have really meaningful conversations and appreciate our time together and talk with each other and connect. And I don't know exactly what that experience would have been like without that life or death awakening. And that is something that's really meaningful and really special to me. And I will always value that in spite of all the stress of that situation. So as we close out this self-care checklist, the last thing I'll have you keep in mind is just know that there are resources out there. We already talked about therapy and peer support groups. And I want everyone to keep on hand just the idea that they can access a crisis resource at any time. If you Google Crisis resources in my area, you will find the best resources closest to you in the United States. There's the um, Rape and Incest uh, Support Network, which is a 24-hour hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE. And you can also access the Crisis Text Line uh, online, crisistextline.org. They are very open uh, in their definition of a crisis, anyone can use that line. Um, and and therapy, of course, you don't have to be in a crisis to go to therapy, you can get support, you can get a, an emotional tune up, you can talk about some of these things and look for meaning when it's really hard to find it. So going back to where we began with the self-care checklist, number one was making a self-care plan. So this is the time when I invite you to think about your own self-care practice because this is not therapy. Um, Unless you are already in therapy, this is your chance to think about how am I going to personalize this? How am I going to take all of those different suggestions and ideas about self-care? And how am I going to incorporate just one or two gentle practices um, for your day. So that's where I'll leave you. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to talking with you again next time. Have a great day. For more self-care tips and tricks, visit therapyforreallife.com. Thank you.